That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Welcome back. I have a dear friend with me today. Hi, Aaron. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, so energetic. <laughs> How are you? Pretty good. I'm running on like two hours of sleep, but other than that, we're having a great day. It's Friday. It is Friday. Friday when we're recording this, at least. So, well, even though you have two hours of sleep, thanks for, for joining today. Tell my audience, who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Aaron Jesse. I'm one of the owners at the International Institute of Sport and Movement. Um, I'm also the head coach and head educator. So what that means is that um, basically I'm the lead on taking our clientele and programming for them. I'm also the lead on educating our staff on how to better serve their clientele. Um, in case they run into any problems or if there's anything that they're having trouble with, we want to serve our clients the best way we can. Um, so they come to me with the questions and we figure out a solution that will work for both them as a coach and for their clients. I'm also on the board of directors for the International Volleyball Hall of Fame on their marketing. Very cool. Yep. That just happened a couple months ago, a month ago. What day is it? like a month and a half ago. <laughs> wow. Um, although I've been doing volunteer work for them for the past couple of years. Um, and then I also am on the board of ACE Next Gen, the Boston chapter. Oh, um, what's that? ACE Next Gen is an AAPI entrepreneurship um, kind of business model. So basically um, there's programs that help you progress your business further. Um, so we run Inner Circles, which is kind of like a, an ownership, entrepreneurship uh, think tank mastermind group. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also programs that um, they put together for us nationally and uh, in Boston that we can join in, and learn from uh, from people who are already successful in business. Um, and the cool thing about it, I think, is that not everybody's in the same industry, uh, so you get to learn a lot of different things that you wouldn't necessarily like think about, but you can start to apply um, to your own business. Yeah, that's cool. So what, tell us a little bit about what you do at I2SM. Yeah. So I2SM stands for the International Institute of Sport and Movement, but we realized that is a mouthful. So we shortened it to I2S, I2SM. Yes. Um, so we practice our system of training, which we call muscular systematics, which is a systematic evaluation of your muscular systems in order to undercover find undercover or underlying issues mm. that are causing the symptoms in the first place. So a lot of times if your knee hurts, it's not necessarily your knee. It's just a symptom of any kind of movement patterns that are negatively affecting that system. 
So what we aim to do is uh, promote the engagement necessary to remove those pain systems from the source so that you can live and flourish in whatever you're trying to do. So we have people that come in that are professional athletes or trying to be professional athletes and they're on the sports performance side. And then we have people that are coming from uh, post-surgery or pre-surgery. And we're trying to get them in a position to either recover as quickly as possible or avoid that surgery um, and gear it towards what they want to be doing. Um, so a lot of times people will just reach a baseline and, and let, let their clients go because that's like they're able to live their life. Right. And we don't necessarily find that to be effective if it's not what they do. So if there's someone who goes hiking regularly and they can live their life normally without knee pain, but every time they go hiking, they still have knee pain, then we haven't done our job. So we're right. trying to find- That's a problem still. <laughs> exactly. We're trying to find any underlying issues that would promote that pain signal so that we can eliminate it and you can get back to living your ideal life. So I feel like a lot of what you do, it seems like, you're kind of, I don't know, figuring out a mystery. Like you're like, okay, like, so you're hiking a lot. So that means you're probably, you know, putting a lot of pressure on one side of your body at a time. And like, I, I feel like you're probably like uncovering things as, as you go, right? There's not like one system that, that works or is there? The, the system is that there is not a system. And so everybody's think. a little bit different, <laughs> exactly. So we have general principles that we follow, but those principles are to uncover their movement patterns as you see them. Right. What's not necessarily something that you can just see and interact with. You have to figure out what they do on a regular basis. You have to figure out uh, any past injuries that could be um, mm -hmm. causing any, like any cascading effects. Mm -hmm. um, you have to figure out if they stand and sit all day. Um, so you have to like learn about them as a person in order to figure out how them as a person has led them to this position. Right, so it's, it's super, super customized. You're like a detective, basically. Yeah. You just gotta find all the little hints that they give. And you can't really do that just by looking at someone. You have to interact with them. You have to be able to see how they move and then ask them how it felt. Because a squat looks like a squat, but some people can feel tightness in their ankles and some will feel it in their hips. And that could be what's restricting them. And you wouldn't know that unless you talk to them. Right. Even if it looks good, it might not feel good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where we excel is that we're able to identify those issues because we have that relationship with our clientele and we have the ability to scale any kind of exercise so that we can start to like pick up the, the breadcrumbs and like figure out where the underlying issues are. That's very interesting. It's very different than what I do every day. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. I feel so, like you solve a lot of problems as well, though. Yeah, different creative problem solving. It's different. It's mostly on a screen, but <laughs> you get to interact with a lot more people than I do, especially face to face. That's fair. Yes. So, in terms of the the visual brand, I know that you you. It's not like I wouldn't call it unique or a unique approach, but I've noticed on your social media that all of your um, you're, I don't know, do you call them trainers? Is that the, the word or the term? Um, coaches. I mean, our coaches. official, uh, our official tagline for them is engineers, uh, cause Ooh. they're building human bodies basically. Mm, um, okay. 
So they're musculosystematic engineers. And okay. yeah, so we all have the same logo for our profile yeah. pictures on Instagram. And the reasoning behind that is that it's not the person that you're seeing. It's the tech that's being applied to you that is going to make the most difference. And although there are varying levels of um, mastery over the system, basically, you're going to feel better no matter who you see. And I think that's what we're trying to convey here is mm. that even if I'm not available, Nick is. And if Nick's not available, Cat is. And it doesn't matter who you see because the system is going to be in place for you to feel better. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So, I mean, I also know some of the people or I've, I've heard of some of the people that work for you and everyone seems to have like different specialties. Like I know you are definitely very focused on volleyball players and you have a lot of experience with them. Does everyone else have like specific sports or, or things that they're focused on? Uh, yes. So, Jan, uh, uh, my business partner, um, he specializes in uh, football and mo- more specifically in linemen. Oh, wow. Um, that's just what he has his expertise in. And then once he learned MSE, he was able to identify the issues that he's seen in the training in the past and apply it to how. Um, he would want to coach linemen for the future. Um, Hakeem played college football and basketball, so that's where his expertise lies. Mm -hmm. Um, And he works with a lot of uh, high school and college football and basketball players. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick is an overhead throwing specialist, so he primarily works with pitchers and baseball players. Um, But he has worked in the past with quarterbacks and – Mm-hmm. And actually, a javelin thrower is oh whoa same motion yeah um and he was able to apply his expertise as a pitcher to what he's currently doing with his athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kat is a volleyball player, so her expertise is in volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex is martial arts, um, oh. several degrees of black belts, um, oh. and so he's basically if you want to learn how to fight. I would recommend <laughs> looking up Alex and like then, safely. <laughs> yeah. And then Dylan, Dylan, I think you know Dylan. Yeah. Um, he <laughs> uh, specializes in climbing. So mm-hmm. he's going to eventually be our climbing expert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it depends on like what you know the best. So, I uh, originally got into this to help volleyball players because there's an underdeveloped side of sports performance for volleyball players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know a lot about basketball and soccer because I grew up playing both of those. So um, Keem knows definitely more about basketball than I do, but in terms of general athleticism and sports performance for basketball, um, I'm perfectly capable of handling that. But definitely my passion is like the volleyball side of it. And then right. I also uh, deal with all of our rehab clients. Wow. It's a wide range of of sports and also like non-traditional sports. Like I would obviously think of like soccer, basketball, football for sure, but I probably wouldn't think of martial arts like right off the bat either. So it is. And like martial arts are so specified in how they move and how they interact that Alex is definitely the expert to talk to if you want to talk about martial arts. Like I can look at something and dissect the movements that you would need. Right. But he has like the fine-tuned details, like when to use it, how to use it, which muscles you're using, how to make the most effect out of it. 
um, that I just wouldn't know because I've never done it. Right. Exactly. So it sounds like there's multiple layers of, I don't know, of what you offer. Like everyone has like the baseline of, of what you're looking for, but then there's also a whole other level of like, this person has expertise in this. So like, this is your go-to person probably in like the state or at least the Boston area for, for working with this stuff. So you must get very like a specific draw of people, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. It's nice to have the generalized ability, but Mm -hmm. where you're really going to make your mark is when you have a a specialized portion that not a lot of people can do. And especially if you can combine that, um, that skilled performance with the ability to keep them healthy. Normally you have to go to two different people for that. And the ability to combine them, I think, is what sets us apart. Yeah. Well, how do you, okay, is it niche or niche down? Do you know what I'm talking about? Niche, niche? I. How do you pronounce it? I always pronounce it niche. Niche. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, clearly. I've heard, I've heard niche before. Yeah. I always like question. I say it different each time. It's one of those words that I like, I read a lot. (laughs) But I don't really say it out loud a lot because I don't know how it's pronounced. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's just like niching down in any industry. That's always going to get you your ideal client, right? Because you're speaking directly to them and they look at your marketing and your messaging and they, they're like, yes, that's me. I need it. I need to, I need to do that. So yeah, I I lucked into, well, I didn't look into it, but I, I happened upon my relationship with the volleyball hall of fame in that way, because there's not a lot of sport performance or injury rehab specifically for volleyball players to get them back onto the court Mm. but volleyball is a very specific sport in its needs and Mm. unless you've played you don't quite understand what your body needs and how you can explain it to volleyball players most effectively and there is a missing link for that and so uh when we proposed our trade our trade (laughs) when we proposed our uh partnership with the volleyball hall of fame we became the injury prevention sports performance and rehabilitation partner because that's just that was part that was missing from both our like aspect of training and uh their partnership branding right yeah that makes sense so how did you i don't know what made you create this business like what what was the trajectory of events that led you to what you're doing now i know that's probably like a really long-winded answer but (laughs) uh yeah well when i was in high school I always felt like I was like the odd one out, uh, especially because like I went to an international school in Beijing. And so it was very much like an art school and very academic. And that was never me. So and a lot of them had been in the programs for like most of their schooling. So they were like very accustomed to it. So I was like, I came in, I went from A's and B's to being ranked one out of seven. So like that was our grades. Oh my God. I immediately was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's, I remember there's one aspect and this is off topic, but. Um, <laughs> you like it. It's okay. <laughs> in my junior year, um, we were handed out poems in our advanced literature class. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was like, all right, go ahead. And I sat there because I was like, I don't, what do you want me to do with this? Is, is it just a poem? Right. Like, Everybody else is like writing away. And I'm like, I Am I supposed to be doing something? She's like, annotate it. And I had never wor- heard that word before because it's like, oh, she's like, annotate it. And I was like, I, 
I don't know what that means. And she thought I was joking. And I was like, no, I really, she's going to see me after class. So I had to sit there and just wait. Oh my God, how awkward <laughs> and traumatizing. So like, I, yeah, I always kind of felt like weird about being in that school. I felt like I didn't belong. But the one place I did feel like I belonged was when I was playing sports. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no matter how what level of academic ability you had, like, it just depended on like what you put onto the court and what you provided for the team. So I always fit in there. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to college, I studied sports management and business. And I wanted to create something that incorporated some level of sport in terms of like uh, social activity, basically. Yeah. Like I wanted to give someone the ability to be able to do what I did through sport and make it to the next level. Um, and then I saw the need for volleyball specific training. So that's why I started um, kind of moving towards volleyball players more and more. Um, mm-hmm. And it just happened to be the community that I was in when I was living in Boston anyway. So it just kind of grew from there. Um, yeah, I think that answers the question. Yeah. There's there's some aspect too of when I was a junior in college, I had injured my knee and I could barely walk. Oh, I didn't know that. And Although that, you and I weren't really like friends until after college. So no, yeah, I don't remember that. Really, we just bonded at parties over Reba. And- <laughs> I knew this would come up. <laughs> I'm a survivor. <laughs> um, anyway, we really didn't interact much outside of that, and I think it was only due to Twitter that we had knew even knew that about each other. I know, um, an incredible thing. But anyway, you were injured junior year. I was injured, <laughs> and the best advice I was given from the doctors was to take six months off. And I went to specialist long time, Tokyo, very long time, and there was no guarantee. There's like, they were like, maybe it'll come back. Maybe it won't. Maybe that's the time you need. So I went to specialists in Tokyo and they injected my knee and it felt awful. Uh, I went to chiropractor to make sure like everything was aligned and like all the feng shui was good. And then I started working as an intern for our parent company, like the, the prior iteration of what it is now I2SM. Yeah. And they fixed my knee almost immediately. Oh. Like they, didn't, they basically didn't even know I had a knee problem. And then when I got back to college, I was totally fine. Barely had to go to the trainers. I won player of the year my senior year. And then I was like, can, like, can you teach me how you did that? Because there's all these doctors and ATs that were unable to like help with this very specific problem that I had. Right. And then they did. And here we are six years later, seven, seven <laughs> years later, Math. eight years later. All right. <laughs> That's incredible. I forgot 2020 and 2021 happened. Yeah, th- those are all a blur. We we all feel that same way. That's that's very cool. So I you kind of, I mean, you were just saying that doctors and like traditional medicine weren't able to to help you. So this is kind of related to that. But is there are there any pet peeves in your industry that you have? Only a lot. Um okay. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing is when when trainers blame other trainers without knowing any idea of what went on in their training program, what went on on the field, how that athlete like interacted with the, like their own lives. Like you can train someone all you want. If they're going home and just destroying them, their bodies, not taking care of their nutrition and like basically not taking care of themselves. You can only do so much as a trainer. And there's a lot of like, back and forth in our industry especially on social media about just like attacking other trainers when there's an injury Mm, which i don't 
really love. And then another thing that I really don't like is when trainers are posting random exercises throughout the week. And they're like, if you're not doing this, you're wrong. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, that's a great exercise, but is it great for everybody? Is it like, are you just putting that caption to draw attention? Are you like really trying to help people? Right. Um, and then they turn their followers into credibility. And yeah. just because you're posting flashy content doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. For example, there's this Instagram account that I won't name, but he posted. Oh, um, I think I saw this. Did you post it on your story? I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw I thought it was both hilarious and infuriating where he was yeah. like, this is elite training for volleyball players. And it is very apparent. He's never trained a volleyball player, never observed volleyball players being trained at a high level mm-hmm. doesn't really understand the sport and its needs and is out there providing content for people that trust him because he has this following uh, and the follower account to like prove he knows what he's doing yeah. and, and nowhere in the caption or in the reel was there where to put it in the programming at what part of your program you put it in like what to do if it hurts um scaling anything what yeah what it was working on so like it was just purely for views with no credibility behind it no asking of someone who clearly has uh credibility behind it to like interact and actually a professional volleyball player is like there's absolutely no way i'm doing one of those exercises and (laughs) i was like thank you for saying that because like did he delete the comment or is it still there I honestly, I don't know. It's a couple, couple days. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you deleted it because oh. I, I went on a deep dive after you posted that. I was like, these moves that he's doing are very flashy and explosive, and explosiveness like definitely sells very well on social exactly. media. But yeah. you shouldn't but be doing the prep that all the time. <laughs> yeah, where's the prep for it? Where's like, if you train elite athletes, you know they don't do these complicated exercises. They do very basic things that lead them to be better at what they do, not flashy exercises that make you look cool for Instagram. Yeah, hardly ever. And if you are doing something flashy, like you should be like warming up. Don't just like go and try that. You're probably going to get hurt. Like you're having the opposite effect on people in that case. Exactly. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm not even in that industry. I mean, I've done a lot of design work for the fitness industry, but I notice things like that too. And I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah those are, those are good ones. Um, so now that we're talking about social media, actually, do you, yeah. a great, great, uh, what's it called? Great segue into this question, actually. Um, do you have trouble infusing your like personal side on social media and like also when you're working one-on-one with clients in person like how much of like your I don't know personal life gets put out there like do you have boundaries and and what do those look like um I personally don't have a problem um with my personal life interfering with my social media page Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a pretty good balance between like people I well in my opinion people need to know who I am if they're going to work with me and cool. if I'm putting out a persona that's not who they think it is and they come and meet me and it's not the same, it doesn't work. And so I like, I don't put out personal information. I don't tell like people, if I'm at an event, I'll post it like three days later because I don't want people knowing exactly where I am. Yes. But okay. I will, yeah, <laughs> I will like let people know what I'm doing if I'm not going to turn them in or something. Um, but 
I'm not like up to date every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a certain aspect of like, there are things that I don't want out there. Right. Um, of course. So I think I do a good balance. And typically like my posts that stay on my profile are more business training facility yeah. uh, related. And my stories are more about my personality and like how I interact with other people. Yeah. Do you encourage everyone who works under you to like do the same thing or is it kind of like up to their discretion? It is up to their discretion to some aspect, but we do encourage to infuse your personality, right? Like you're, you're the reason people are coming in. They're your clients. Um, And even though the tech is being applied by you and it's not necessarily you making people feel better with the system, like there is, a relationship that needs to be had with these clients in order to provide maximum um, benefit. So right. we do encourage it, but it's up to the person how much they want to share, uh, more content they put out, and et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a good answer and that makes sense. So when when you're starting this business or I don't know, even just like being in business now, do you have things that you struggle with or something that was like a big struggle in the beginning? Oh yeah, scheduling. <laughs> I was terrible. So my personal philosophy when I first started was the best availability or the best ability is availability. And mm. I would be scheduling clients like at all hours. Well, I remember that. 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. every night just because I needed clients and I needed to get them in there. And it's like Yeah, trying to hang out with you was really hard. <laughs> was. Um and I still get um you're allowed to swear. I still get shit yes. from my, my friends um, <laughs> about my lack of ability sometimes, um, but yeah. I've been better about it. Um, and like just setting boundaries about when people can contact you. Like if you're, if you're going to text me at nine o'clock at night, I'm not going to text you back until the morning. Um, like I'm not, I'm not going to be in bed or on my couch, like texting you about like issues that you're having, like that can wait for the next day or we can talk about it during your session. Um, so like setting boundaries and being like, I don't work Friday afternoons. So like I used to have that rule and I was like, I'm not working Friday afternoons. And someone would ask him be like, you know what? I can fit you in. <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I would just break my own boundary over and over. Oh yeah. And then, so that's what I struggled with the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just wore me ragged. Like I would, every like couple of weeks, I would just like just crash. And I would uh, like go to bed at like 3 p.m. on a Friday and wake up the next day. And I would be just knocked out. Like I would just. Oh my God. So unsustainable. Just, yeah. Very unsustainable. And I would do that for a while. And then I was like, maybe I should set some boundaries about when I was. <laughs> maybe take it better care of myself. Yep. Um, that was my biggest struggle. Yeah. I think most of us struggle with that. I think the second know. most was understanding my own value. Like oh, yeah. I was very hesitant about telling people what I thought they needed because I thought it would be too expensive and I wouldn't be worth it. Oh yeah. Um, and now I don't have that problem. <laughs> so yeah. I, like right now I charge 185 an hour. Uh, mm-hmm. we give discounts for bulk. Um, and I'm very upfront with being like, this is, if this is your goal that you've explained to me and based off what I see today, this is the program that you should be on. And that doesn't work for you. We can rework it after that, but I'm like, this is what you should do right. in my opinion. Um, and we can, they're obviously like back and forth. They're like, well, I can't come in twice a week because you're an hour away. Can I come once a week if I promise to do my homework? Like, yeah, that makes sense to me if you promise it and we're in constant communication, right? Well, there's back and forth. But when you're constantly short selling yourself, like people 
attribute that value to you. Totally. I used to just go in and be like, you know what? I really like you. I'm going to give you a discount. Not that I don't like you now, if I don't give you a discount, it's just (laughs) that I understand that my time is valuable. And if I'm undercharging you and overcharging someone else, it's not fair to me or the the clients that I'm working with. Right. Like just because I know you doesn't mean that you should get a discount. You're getting the exact same service. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And at this point, it's, it's easier for me now too, because I have other coaches underneath me that are less expensive, but still very good at what they do. Right. Um, so I can be like, if you don't want to work with me, you can work with Nick, you can work with Kat, you can work with Kim right. um, and we'll provide excellent value for you for what you're looking for. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely myself struggled with the, the value. I think I was charging like 50 an hour when I first started my business and yeah. I was working so much and I was yeah. like, I, this is clearly not working. Like, <laughs> yeah. like something has to give. And as soon as I started like bumping that, that price up my, yeah. my quality of life got better like it's everything. incredible like if you just say something that you believe right like if you don't believe you're worth 185 dollars an hour your client or the person you're trying to sell also will not believe that you're <laughs> you're like i'm 100 and i understand i'm expensive but i promise i'm good like right you just say i'm worth 185 dollars an hour four session package is 700 Right. And they're like, you know, that's expensive, but I like what you did. So I'm going to commit to it. Right. And like, I always say to my clients, like I'm setting the, the price, like you get determined if that's valuable to you, if it's worth that much. And if it is worth that much to you, like if your health is worth that much, then like this shouldn't be an issue. Right. Exactly. Like, like there, there's a reason they're, they're coming to you. So yeah, that's, definitely something that most people struggle with is, is pricing and just confidently saying what, what it is. I remember like sending emails and being like, well, it's 50 an hour, but like, if you do this, like kind of like do that, like I, I would skate around it and it would yeah. be like a paragraph when it should just be like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> One number. That's it. Yeah, for sure. So now that we've gotten through all the business questions, I have some fun questions for you. You ready? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like all of them have been fun so far. Okay. All right. That's good. We like that. I'm interested in this answer though. So if you were a car, what would you be? Uh, that's great. I'm so bad at cars. Like I've only ever bought one car in my entire life. What was so, it? Or what is it? Current car I have. <laughs> it is a 2020 Mitsubishi Mirage. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm going to look that up as you talk about it. Cause I don't know what that is. It's very reliable. gets good gas mileage. And really all I go from is my house to work. Um, small enough that you can fit into pretty like, okay. Size spaces. Oh, in Boston. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And it just gets the job done. And I think I'm not going to say that I wanted, would want to be one of those, but I, that's like the type of car that I would be like, I'm not very flashy. Like have you seen and people describe my attire as a uh, homeless chic. Um, because I'm basically just wearing hoodies and sweatpants every day every day Um, and yeah it's comfortable and I can get my job done so it's all that matters and I think that's all that really matters like for my car too like I don't need something flashy Um, I'm not taking long trips in it I just need to get from one place to another and it Mm -hmm. needs to be reliable 
Yeah, totally. I'm like, I have the same uh, philosophy with cars. Actually, I like, I told my mom this once and she was like so offended, but I was like, if I, this was before I met Dylan, but when I was talking about like dating people, I'm like, if someone comes and they have like a BMW or like a fancy car, I'm like immediately turned off by it because I know that like they value that those things and I don't. So I'm like, we're not probably going to get along and our lifestyles are probably super different. So yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. Mike, I have a RAV4 and it's like, it's nice for sure. It's like new, but I don't know. It's just getting me from A to B. It has some space yeah. for my gear and whatever, but. I, I've got heated seats. And that's really all I got <laughs> in the winter. Oh my God, I'm jealous. That's the chic part of the homeless part. That's fancy. Okay. When was the last time someone said, wow, that's so on brand for you? Or maybe it was like, this is so you. Something like that. <laughs> Probably when I was like, no, I can't. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> so on brand. Um, very on brown for me. Um, no, I <laughs> let me think for a second. Um, I frame it as like when people are like sending you things like on Instagram or something. Like, what are those things? Like, what are the categories of of content people are, are sending you? People send me a lot of balance videos. Um, yes, I was gonna say. I think of that balance board. What is it called? Is it called a balance? Uh, board? It's called an Indo board. Shout out Indo board. Yes. Um, they. Yeah, I used to hang out on that thing a lot. And people are always sending me Ninja Warrior courses. Uh, they're like, I feel like you could do that. Um, <laughs> I, I guess that sent a lot. Or if there's something like really acrobatic that happens in a volleyball thing that gets passed around, they I get sent that a lot. Um, yeah, I send you volleyball memes all the time. Yeah. Um, I actually get a lot of people asking, like, send me a, they'll send me a post similar to like that guy that was like mm-hmm. making a ridiculous claim. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'll just give them my mm-hmm. honest feedback. And they're like, this is why I trust you because you're just not going to like make things up. Right. Um, you're no I don't know if it's necessarily on brand, I guess, but uh, mm-hmm. I have this thing that I say, which is I don't work on Sundays. So like, if I'm out with my friends and someone asks me a question, my friends will actually jump in and they'll be like, Aaron doesn't work on Sundays, leave them alone. <laughs> Because I've just repeated it so many times. Like, I'll be at a volleyball tournament where I'm trying to go and enjoy myself. Like, mm-hmm. that's my off time. That's what I'm choosing to do for fun. And people mm-hmm. will come up and be like, hey, I have this issue. Can you help me with it? And I go, I don't work on Sundays. Not but today. I pull my schedule up and put you in right now if you want. Mm. And they're like, oh, no, never mind. And I just walk away. I'm like, you see, well, you just wanted free unsolicited advice on a Sunday when we're <laughs> yeah. trying to enjoy themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That is very on brand. That That's a brand thing. Branding is about repetition and recognition. So if people are remembering that and recognizing that it's you, then that's your brand. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's the most recent example of someone. Yeah. Those are all good answers. Someone answered my brand for me. That's, well, that's the point, right? Like our friends are people, our followers, like they tend to know us better than, than we think they do. Or even, I don't know, like, I'm sure like Dylan could yeah. probably answer this question better for me than I could myself. Cause I'm me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not seeing myself from an outside point of view. It's different. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Two more questions. All right. I'm in. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay. Tell me a childhood story that's on brand for you 
or like what you were like as a child like does it make sense <laughs> for who you are now oh <laughs> are absolutely so in japan um there's a it's not necessarily like a tradition but it's just like a fun game you play with like a newborn or like a toddler and what you do is uh you line up like a bunch of items um so like car keys money uh a bowl of rice um like toys or like any sports gear or something like that and you just line it up and just let the, the toddler go and choose what they want and that's like how they're predicted to like live their life oh um, that's cool so my brother went straight for the money i believe if my oh, smart guy I'm pretty sure <laughs> um and then i went straight to the bowl of rice and just, i was gonna guess <laughs> Yep, and we started going to town on that bowl of rice. You're like food and it over makes sense I love rice. I will eat rice every day. Um, and staple. That's obviously I don't remember that, but there's video, there's VHSs. Yeah. Um, about <laughs> that. Um, that's like the TikTok videos of people like putting their kid in the middle and then seeing if they go to the mom or the dad or <laughs> yeah. the dog or whatever. Yeah, that's funny. Exactly. Yeah, what else is there? Um, there doesn't have to be anything else. But that's a good one. That's a, yeah. I think that's that pretty much encapsulates who I am. This person. <laughs> well, yeah, and you also talked about how like you felt like you didn't really belong at your what high school or middle school. I don't high know school. what school was. Yeah. I mean, eventually I did. By the time I senior year, like the other thing that happened to me is I moved around like two or three times uh, every two or three years, and so Ooh. like I had a hard time making like long term friends. Yeah. And so Beijing was the first time that I was able to stay somewhere for three years settle down a little yeah. bit because normally I, like, you, you spend one year like finding out who everybody is the second year you start to hang out with friends and make like good friendships and then you leave so it's like i never really made that third year of friends heartbreaking yeah thank you <laughs> it's not it's not a hash emotional trauma um but okay. then my third year like, like i fit in we we're all like I, I started learning the system of how like, be in right. those classes social system, um yeah. yeah and made friends um sports definitely helped but uh there was also like just like knowing people for more than two years is different than having to, to find new friends every other year yeah um so I did I don't want to say that I didn't fit in I just it was hard uh, it was a hard transition yeah. Under the circumstances, yeah. like no one would fit in in parentheses, parentheses, whatever, quotations. Um, because yeah, it, it's like it's like building a brand. Like it takes time. It takes time yeah. for people to get to know you. Don't commit to a brand, you. and you're yeah. If you don't commit to a brand and you're changing your brand and your style like every two or three years, like it doesn't give it time to build the credibility. Yeah, same in your personal life. Totally. Okay. Well, we're switching gears for the last question. All right. <laughs> when I say the funniest thing you've ever witnessed, what comes to mind? Funniest thing I've ever witnessed. Which is, I know people like have trouble with this because they're like the funniest thing. Like I can't think of the funniest thing, but I know a funny thing. That's fine too. Or I like do. your sense of humor or whatever. Oh my! I love when adults trip. I don't know what it is. Same. <laughs> just like if I see an adult trip and they pretend like nothing happened, it is absolutely hysterical to me. Um people falling it's the best yeah i'll give you a like a prime example of my type of humor um so i was hanging out with my brother and her uh, his wife my sister-in-law um it was like the second time that we've hung out like oh ever oh, no. and we were at a sushi restaurant on christmas eve and i make a lot of just 
offhanded comments that I think are funny, but I just say because I like I need to say it, not because I think it's gonna be funny for everybody else. <laughs> um, and there was I ordered the banana crepes for dessert and they made they pulled them out like they were sushi. So it was like very well laid out. And there was the wasabi was there. And I was like, what's the wasabi? It can't be real wasabi. So I tasted it and it was just bean paste. Um, and I was, I don't like beans. So I was like, that was gross. And then just very quietly, I said, I wish that hadn't had been there. And my sister-in-law lost it. She just couldn't comprehend that that was something that I would think of to say. And oh my God. he's like, I don't even know why that was funny. It shouldn't have been funny. I was like, I didn't even think it was, it was funny. funny. I just <laughs> I just had to say it because it was there. So that's that those the food <laughs> and that is basically, you know everything about me now. I, and I don't work on Sundays. That's my yeah. I am like so in awe of people who can come up with puns on the fly because that's not how I roll. That's not how my brain works. But like when someone else does it, I die. Like it makes me laugh <laughs> so hard. One of my best friends is so good at puns too. And I'm just like, how does your brain think of that so quickly? It's just, I can't comprehend it yeah. either. My brain is just like, you ever see those TikToks where there's just like a lot going on? Yes. That's just my brain. I'll send you one after this. Almost is perfectly who I am. <laughs> oh my god! Just trying to weed through all the all the chaos. Yeah. Okay. So like for every thing that I say, there's like 50 things that I could have said that have already passed through my brain. <laughs> it's like food, volleyball, Reba. <laughs> Reba, Reba's always. The Reba theme movie. song is just like always playing in your brain in the background. I mean, every once in a while, I just get the opening line from "Man, I Feel Like a Woman," just like blaring in my head and I'm like this is it I'm amped for no yeah. reason you just start playing yeah my friends always say I have like a special talent to just like come up with a random song like I come up I like sing five songs random songs every day that like have nothing to do with anything that's going on they just like come in my brain and I'm like where'd that I come think- from like the Elmo theme song like every day <laughs> every day Elmo's like, world <laughs> Yes, Elmo's World. Every day I think about it. And I'm like, what is up with this song? I was hanging out with my friends the other day and someone said something that just led me on a journey in my own brain. (laughs) Um, And it felt like it was a while, but eventually I got to the the one question that was like, I needed it to be answered. And I was like, what happened to David Archuleta? Oh, he's he's doing big things. I I know. And I was like, where did he go? So I literally like, they're like, first of all, how did you get there? And I had to like trace back how what they said had led me to David Archuleta. And then I, I was immediately just learned everything about him and what he's been doing. That's so funny. I do that all the time. I feel like the last person I did that with was Chingy, but he's not up Chingy. to much. Just to let you know. <laughs> not. I actually looked him up the other day too. Oh my God. Such a random person. But anyway, I, I, I like your sense of humor. Thank you. I vibe with it. Yeah. That makes one. <laughs> you got one fan. One fan. Because my business partner is not a fan. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, y'all spend a lot of time together. I'm yeah. sure. He's like, enough with the puns. Anywho. <laughs> um, that's all my questions for you. Thank Fantastic. you. Killed it. But. We'll have gained something. <laughs> from. Oh, 
this is chock full of chock full of that. Don't you worry. I want to also give you a few minutes to just like talk about where people can find you and anything else you want to promote if there's anything. And I'll make sure to like put all the links and spell everything out in the oh, in the caption. So. Uh, so our website, which is brand new, is www.i2sm.life. Dot life. Dot life. I know it's crazy living in 2022. Um, it has all the information about uh, scheduling consults, who we are, what we do, um, the story behind muscular systematics, how it's applied, testimonials. Um, we also have 75 five star reviews on Google if you want to check. 75. Woo. Um, what? And then uh, you can also follow me on Instagram um, at msc underscore a jesse which is just my personal and last name mm -hmm. um and you can follow us at i2sm underscore boston actually that brings up a good point quickly do you only work within a certain like geographic area or do you do virtual stuff what, what's that great question our facility is based in woburn woburn current outbreak we're limiting it to two coaches with their clientele at the same time uh, but we do have a waiting area and we do have uh, all our staff is masked up. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm sure it'll be pretty similar when this does Probably air. End of February or mid February, end of February or March. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure uh, it'll be pretty similar <laughs> at that point as well. I know, right. And then um, we are mostly one on one individual training. Um, so we do small groups and we do semi private, but almost everything is one on one individual coaching. Um, and we do offer virtual as well. Cool. One of the biggest uh, successes that we had in the pandemic was immediately transferring everything over to uh, Zoom and um, virtual, which helped us a lot because it actually helped us get more of a, a national reach, an international yeah. reach. Um, so I train like a, a kicker for New Mexico State. I train uh, a kicker and punter. I've never met. He's based out of Pennsylvania, but also is in Alabama a lot. Uh, people down in Florida that I've never, I hadn't met for a really long time until they came up to Boston to visit. Um, wow. I also like educate um, one of our apprentices, we call them apprentices as they're learning, mm -hmm. um, in France. So like the virtual oh. stuff definitely works. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you prefer to be in person, um, we are located in Woburn. Cool. That's awesome. I'm glad that I remember to ask that because that is important. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks again. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Wow. In the beginning, you were like, hello. And now well, you're like, know. hey. It was my first podcast. I didn't know how to, like, I didn't know how hard we were going in the beginning. Going hard always. No, we have fun. It's all, all good, all casual here, but. Nice. Thank you. I'll let you get on with your, your Friday night, Friday night, Friday afternoon first, and then Friday night. Thank you. But thanks again. No, thanks for having me. Talk to you All soon. Right. Talk to you soon.